do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now. Love mercy now. Walk humbly now. You're not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. That's from the Talmud. In honor of the people who died in Pittsburgh. May they rest in peace. This is I Don't Care You Listen Podcast. My mom's Shawnee and my auntie Leonica. This is episode 13. Thanks for listening. What's up? What's up, baby girl? How are you? It looks like you guys had a good time last night. I saw the candy. Girl, there was so much candy. We had um, left a bowl of candy out here. I put a little sign on it that said, Sorry we missed you. Boo, take two. Or something. Yeah, but we came home and like half of that bowl was still left. So I said to Chris, I said, I don't know if it's legal or healthy for people like us to have that much candy sitting around. Uh -uh. It's a dentist here that's buying candy back and donating it to an organization that's sending it over to overseas to the troops. No, well, that's good. Yeah, we should think about that. There's also these Reese's machines where if you stick candy that you don't like in the Reese's machine, you could stick it in there and it'll kick out Reese's cups. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that on the news. <laughs> That's some fatty shit right there. Fatty. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to cover, Lee. Girl, this country of ours. Let's do it. I don't care if you listen, episode 13, lucky number 13. Here we are. All five of you, we're so happy that you're here with us. (laughs) Right, right. Smooches. You mean so much. (laughs) So much. Thank you for your support. But to to those five people, I, I owe a little bit of an apology. You and I spoke on Sunday and... Um, I was having an extremely emotional day. I was feeling really isolated and just yuck about the situation. I was overwhelmed and I had like heart to heart with you and I bawled my eyes out, but I didn't publish any of that in the podcast. I kind of took it all out. I had been so mentally exhausted by all the crap going on that we didn't even really talk about the Pittsburgh the synagogue. synagogue. Mm-hmm. And obviously we offer every single condolence we can but i am so tragically sorry yeah that you had to go through that anybody had to go through that anybody and and my only but is i beg for forgiveness on not covering it and talking about it for our five listeners but please understand that i think we were just exhausted from the conversations that we had been having about how jacked up everything is. I had heard about it, but I hadn't turned on the news. After I watched Bill Maher on that on that Friday night, I was so incensed by him and that conversation, I had kind of shut everything off. And then I just got back on with you because you and I had technical difficulties on an episode, so we were just trying to catch up, um, you know, and, and catch up on the Gillum audio and Stacey Abrams and stuff. But yeah, you got glimpses of my emotional breakdown, but I did not share with you what I shared with Leonica, which was a legit emotional breakdown of, oh my God, the world is breaking. I don't know what to do. And I feel so alone and unempowered. Is that is that a good way to qualify how I was feeling? I think so. 
And I'm glad to see you're feeling much better tonight. Much better. Why am I feeling better? I don't know if I'm feeling much better. I think it's a conscious choice to feel better. You have to make that choice every single day. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single day. You have to. That's the only way we're going to survive. About the synagogue, it just broke my heart to hear that that 90-something-year-old lady lived through the Holocaust only to be killed here by another racist asshole. From CNN, two hours ago, Cecil and David Rosenthal were familiar faces at Pittsburgh's Tree of Life Synagogue. The brothers from Squirrel Hill sat in the back of the temple and greeted people as they came into worship, said Susan Hopton, who grew up in the synagogue. Cecil, 59, was tall and gregarious, she said. His younger brother, 54-year-old David, was the serious one. They were like ambassadors, she said. They were always there. And they will always be there in our hearts. The community bid farewell to the brothers on Tuesday in their first funerals for 11 worshipers who were killed in a mass shooting in the synagogue on Saturday morning. Another service was held Tuesday for Dr. Jerry Rabinowitz, a primary care physician in Edgewood Borough, known for his compassionate care, often to multiple generations of the same families in the early days of HIV treatment. The victims' lives will be remembered in services throughout the week. Irving Younger, Melvin Wax, Rose Mallinger, Bernice and Sylvan Simon, Jerry Rabinowitz, Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Daniel Stein, the brothers Cecil and David Rosenthal. Those were the names of the people who were murdered in the synagogue in Pittsburgh. And uh, Robert Bowers has pled not guilty to the shooting. The alleged gunman accused of killing the 11 people has pleaded not guilty. He's requested a jury trial. He faces 44 counts of murder, hate crimes, obstructing religious practices, and other crimes. Prosecutors are seeking the death penalty. Authorities call the attack the worst anti-Semitic incident in U.S. history. It is. It truly is. But like we were saying last week, they are really trying to eradicate anybody who they don't consider pure white Americans. It's interesting, though. I feel like the Jewish population, sometimes I've gotten the sense that they identify almost closer to the white extremists than they do to any minority group. I don't know. Mm. Obviously, you never want anything like this to ever happen, regardless of what lessons come with it. (laughs) But um, it's just been, been interesting to see the reactions because... It's awful and horrible. They thought they were done with that stuff, too. Right. You know? Yep. They thought they were done with that stuff. Right. Last week, Trump tweeted something about the invasion. The caravan was an invasion of some sort. Uh And then the last tweet that this Bowers guy tweeted was something to the effect of the invaders. You know, it was something about, you know, dealing with the invaders. So he looked at them as outsiders. He looked at them as the outsiders that Trump spoke of, even though, you know, Donald Trump went to Pittsburgh despite being asked not to go. I believe the mayor of Pittsburgh said, we can't handle security for you and the security for all these funerals. We need to bury our dead first before you come and we need to waste those, sorry, spend those resources on you. Um, But he went anyway. And then he said that um, the media was creating 
mm-hmm. a protest. But the bottom line is the mayor got on TV and asked for people not to protest during this time. Right. For it to be a period of respect. And mourning. And yeah. Exactly. The 45 probably shouldn't have took his butt either. I am so, again, incensed, Lee. I'm just exhausted with trying to figure out how we are going to fix this. And I'm getting to the point, like I was driving today, I was in traffic and I was just looking around on all the cars and I was just like, maybe ignorance is bliss. Maybe you just got to be really stupid to just get through it all. (laughs) But you can only be so stupid. Seriously, it's, it's an awareness thing. Like you said, they are always making people outsiders, and that's a huge problem. That's why this country is having a wave of diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, because inclusion is important as diversity. You know, well, And I think that there's some cold, hard facts that people are not ready to hear. And because certain people are not ready to hear them, it is not easy to say them. And one person who said the truth very recently is Don Lemon. Mm -hmm. Oh, I watched him the other night. Truth. Girl, yes, he did. He went there and he doubled down and he said what needs to be said. And if you haven't heard it. Yeah, girl, roll that. I appreciate that. And if it applies to you, it applies to you. Uh, This is obviously not about being sensitive or getting your feelings hurt. This is about facts and fixing a problem. I'm actually going to play it from Young Turks, Sank Yuger. The way that he kind of lays this out is is pretty right on. So Don Lemon said something on TV the other day that enraged uh, the right wing. Surprise, surprise. Okay, they're easily uh, triggered. Uh, so we're going to show you what Don Lemon said and then Uh, We're going to show you that it is true, and then we're going to try to find a safe space uh, for conservatives uh, who were triggered by it. So let's watch. I keep trying to point out to people not to demonize any one group or any one ethnicity, but we keep thinking that the biggest terror threat is something else. Some 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 people who are marching, you know, towards the border like it's imminent. So we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men most of them radicalized up to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban on, you know, they had the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So what do we do about that? Okay, so that is factually correct. uh, And hence the right wing is losing their mind. See, when they attack other races, they find that to be perfectly normal. When you uh, just simply point out facts about their race, they flip out. Okay, so we're going to get to their uh, outrage in a second. So uh, first, let me show you the numbers. So uh, is uh, extremism on the rise in the past 15 years? The answer, unfortunately, is yes. Uh, As uh, you can see in this graphic, uh, it is significantly on the rise. Oh, look at that. Uh, It really takes a big jump around 2015. I wonder who came onto the national stage around then. But that's okay. That's, uh, you know, just the sense of where um, the trend is going. The more important part is, well, Is it really right-wing extremists who happen to be white? 
Or is it the Muslims, the Latinos, the blacks? There's yeah, prone to violence, prone to violence. Okay. I mean, the scary caravans coming. That is what Don Lemon was talking about, right? So let's go to the numbers from the Anti Defamation League's uh, Center for on Extremism. Um, over the last decade, 71% of domestic extremist related killings in the U.S. were linked to right wing extremists, while Islamic extremists committed 26% of the killings, the report notes. Now, uh, that is far too high a number uh, for Muslim extremists, given the percentage of the population. Uh, and so it's a fair argument to have about why that's the case, uh, what are the different factors that go into it, etc. Okay. But let's note that about three-quarters of the violence done by extremists and the murders in the, uh, done by extremists in this country over the last decade are by white right-wingers. That's a fact. If you want to cry about that fact, that's up to you. Okay, but that is a fact. So now, um, and by the way, if you want to do a, a sophisticated look into why that is, uh, do I think it's just because they're white? Not remotely. <laughs> that would be a preposterous way of looking at it. That would be a right-wing way of looking at it. Oh, it's Muslims. Me say Muslims. Me have courage to say it, right? No, it's, there's a great number of different uh, things that go into a geopolitical, socioeconomic. And is that true of right-wing extremists as well? Of course, of course it is. It's not just because they're white or just because they're right-wing. Uh, there are factors that go into those numbers, and we should have an intelligent discourse about that. Instead of saying, <laughs> the idea that whites would be violent, that's crazy. You're racist. I think he hits it right on the head. Right on the head. Right on the head. Sank Yoiger, I believe is how you say his name, um, he defended Don Lemon on Wednesday from Young Turks. You could say what you want, feel what you want, you can be insulted if you want to, you could think it's reverse racism or call it whatever term you feel like calling it, but I mean, that's facts. I mean, we know what's been happening, and like he said, it's been on the rise mm -hmm. since 2015. 2015. Who came on uh -huh. the scene? Again, we don't do this podcast to, to try and convince anybody of anything. We do this podcast because we are really trying to wrap our heads around how we live in a world where 45 is the leader of the free world. That's literally was the catalyst for me saying to Leonica, hey, let's do this. I don't care if people listen, but this dude is effed and we have to figure out how we can cope with this. This is a coping mm -hmm. mechanism. It's really what it is. And Don Lemon hit it on the head. Issue is, is that... The president will never recognize that. And as a matter of fact, he encourages it. He sanctions it. He gets behind it. It's like in Charlottesville when he said, you know, that the extremists were very fine people. He's making, right. he's giving these people license over and over again. And even to this day, I cannot figure out how classy, God-fearing kind individuals can align themselves with him in any way. I don't get it. How do you do that? How do you look at that and say, that's who I want to represent me? He's a bad guy. Like, all the way around, he's bad. They're he's supremists. Bad. They're supremists. I mean, there are supremists out there, and they've been hiding. It's people out there who really have a superiority complex. Maybe it's mad narcissism that's undiagnosed. It is, in fact, very extreme. Maybe that's what they need to look at. Maybe it is narcissism. They really don't want anybody else here. And in their minds, this is a white man's country, mm. even though we're all here. <laughs> 
am not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere, white supremacists. <laughs> We're not going anywhere, extremists. We're not going anywhere, GOP. We are here to stay. And if you don't like it, you need to go somewhere. Go find you an island off in the Pacific or something. Not only You're are not we... going to have America. Right. Not only are we here, but we're making babies. <laughs> exactly. And um, we're citizens. So our babies will always be citizens. Speaking of that. Girl. Write the 14th Amendment. Who the heck is he? He, he thinks he can rewrite the Constitution. And then he put that damn Kavanaugh in office so that they can uphold his stupid executive orders. I'm telling you, that's why he's trying to set it up. That's his strategy. The crazy thing is, is Ivana Trump did not become a citizen until after she had her kids, his first wife. His daddy. Yeah. Fred Trump was an immigrant. Donald was an anchor baby. Melania is an immigrant. Barron, their son. But it's okay because they're an anchor from baby. acceptable countries. Well, I don't think, I think they're the acceptable color. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they look the right way. Exactly. Don Jr. is an anchor baby. Ivanka is an anchor baby. They're all anchor babies. And that's okay. But other people with darker skin, different values and beliefs, who also want the American dream, safety, security, stability, opportunity. They can't get that. Apparently he went off on Paul Ryan because Paul Ryan criticized uh, his call to revoke birthright citizenship. So Donald Trump said Paul Ryan should be focusing on holding the majority rather than giving his opinions on birthright citizenship something he knows nothing about. Our new Republican majority will work on this, closing the migration loopholes and securing our border. You hear that? Our new Republican majority. That's his plan. I'm telling you. So uh, people, I hope you get out and vote because that's the only way we're going to be able to stop that. Because if not, it's going to be some riots. He's just um, like a figurehead for all of their beliefs. They're Mm -hmm. just putting him out there. Lindsey Graham. He's a spokesman. Right. Lindsey Graham, he tweeted out, the United States is one of two developed countries in the world who grant citizenship based on location of birth. This policy is a magnet for illegal immigration out of the mainstream of the developed world and needs to come to an end. Really, Lindsey? Really? Really? So we've been trying for the last 10 minutes to try and get this Van Jones audio to play for you, but I can't get it. Uh, He was on CNN on a panel talking about the birthright issue. And Mm -hmm. Donald Trump attempting and and talking about basically changing the law so that babies who are born here, if their parent is not a citizen, that they cannot claim citizenship. And Van Jones basically broke it down and was like, look, what it comes down to is you don't want their brown babies here. So just say it. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. This caravan situation is what they're saying is why they're doing it because they're so scared of people coming and taking over the country. And it's like, but these are people who are drug dealers and gangsters with the caravan. Mm -hmm. Girl, the stuff he says. Today I heard he said something to to the effect of, I try to tell the truth when I can. Yeah, that's a headline. You saw that? Mm -hmm. I try to tell the (laughs) truth when I can. That's your president. That is and your that's president. why I don't listen to him. 
what is there to listen to? I can't even wrap, I cannot, I've probably said this a hundred times, I cannot wrap my head around sane, logical, kind, intelligent people that can stand behind him and his bullshit. How do you stand behind that? Maybe they feel it's their birthright, Shell. What, to stand behind him? No, to stand for all the things that, the bullshit that he talks about. I just don't get it. I don't, and I won't, and I can't. People getting caught up on his divisive rhetoric and then using that as their reason for wanting to blow things and people up, like the <laughs> synagogue bomber. They say Seriously, sy- before this, before he got in office, all of our other leaders wouldn't stand for it, and they would not come out so blatant. But the country was ready for it. I'm telling you, Obama getting elected pissed them off. It ignited a lot of hate and terror. I don't know why. Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> they're racist assholes. And that's <laughs> the only way you can put it. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to come up with no fancy terms for it. Racist assholes. Racist. We know what we know about the interference with the elections. We know how deep they went. I want to get excited about Gillum. I want to get excited about Stacey Abrams. I want to get excited about the future of Kamala Harris. I want to get excited about all these amazing people that are doing big things and are coming out as women, as minorities, and they're ready to do it. But I'm having a really hard time because I just don't know if I have faith in the system anymore. I have more faith in traffic lights working and stop signs working than I do in our election system right now. That's a damn shame, but I really do. I feel like our traffic lights are are more reliable than our voting system. And, and I don't mean, I'm sorry if it is cynical. I don't mean to be cynical. I think it's my coping mechanism now to be like, don't put too much into it. Because if you put too much into it, you could be disappointed. And then what are you going to do? Get ready for the next battle. All of this was fought and done with. I am too lazy for this stuff. I don't have the chutzpah to go and like, like we said, lock ourselves to the White House doors. Girl, you are stronger than you believe. Trust and believe. All they got to do is piss you off. And it's on and popping. You will be ready when the time is right, when you need to be ready. Don't worry. Okay. You'll get tired. Sometimes you got to rest. You can have your moments of cynicism. It's all good. I know you're right. You know, we might not get all three black candidates, but maybe we'll get two. Maybe we'll get some Latino candidates that are running that I don't know anything about because they don't want to talk about that stuff Mm -hmm. on my news channels. Megan McCain, she's one of those, she's on The View with Whoopi. Enjoy Behar, and she always feel like she has to be like the resident conservative, right? Because that's mm-hmm. her role. That's what they hire her to do, right? And so she, they were, they had Stacey Abrams on the View, and mm-hmm. Megan McCain wanted to corner her. 
mm-hmm. on the assault rifles ban. You have been endorsed by Everytown, which is an anti-gun organization, Michael Bloomberg's anti-gun gun group as well. You say you're proud to have an F rating from the NRA. Michael Bloomberg and others like him in the wake of what happened in Pittsburgh support taking away the AR-15, which is the most popular rifle in America, away from people. Do you, like Everytown, support banning the AR-15? So let's be clear. I am not anti-gun. My great-grandmother taught me how to shoot when I was growing up in Mississippi. I like trap shooting. I like target shooting. I don't hunt because I mostly eat chicken, and that just seems mean. (laughs) (laughs) However, I know that the most responsible gun owners understand that they have the responsibility for the firearms and making sure that only responsible people have those firearms. That's why I believe in a background check. I believe in a three-day waiting period. I believe that those who commit domestic violence and stalking should not have access to weapons. I do not believe that weapons of mass destruction like the AR-15 belong in civilian hands. So you think and I don't think they should be prohibited from civilian use. I've shot an AR-15, and I think you probably have too. And while it's an amazing amount of power... It also is an amazing amount of destruction, and there is very little that can be done to protect vulnerable communities when the AR-15 is present. I do appreciate your honesty, and I assume that by banning it, you would be rounding them up. It's the most popular gun in America. Around 61% of all U.S. civilian rifle sales would be rounding them up from civilians in Georgia that own it. We. We have had a ban on assault weapons before in the United States, and I think that we should do it again. I think that there has to be a conversation about how it's accomplished, because we have to recognize that this is a national conversation. But I do want to push back on any notion that I believe that the Second Amendment is not the law of the land. I support the Second Amendment. We buy my father rifles every Christmas, and a gun cabinet was his, his gift a couple of years ago. It is possible to believe in responsible gun ownership and to believe that there should be regulations on that. Anthony Scalia said that. And we have to believe as a nation that when our communities are vulnerable, when you can't go into a synagogue or a church or a school or a movie theater without fear for your life, there is something wrong with our system of gun ownership and we have to fix it. Okay. I Yeah, so she was like, I appreciate your honesty in saying that you want to ban, yeah, she wants to ban them, because you want her, you want to corner her and pin her down, and she, Megan McCain is so smug, just so smug, like, and so uh, righteous, she is exactly the personification of what I am talking about, because you know what? She had a silver spoon in her mouth and she has a strong sense of entitlement. And she really wants to be a spokeswoman for the conservative side. She thinks that that's her breadwinner. Go ahead, but you know you're being disingenuous to being a woman because the things you say and do aren't necessarily in alignment with what's progressive for women. Right. To start with. And that kind of spills over from there. But yeah, I mean, back to the whole conversation of, you know, will people talk about race? Will they not talk about how, you know, you heard Andrew Gillum last episode say, I'm black. As far as I know, I'm going to die black. This is who I am. This His opponent just wants to draw attention to it every chance he gets. Like it's some kind of... Well, a disease? 
<laughs> that's how, that's how, that's how. Like it's leprosy. Like it's contagious. You know, I, so Stacey Abrams has got a hard fight ahead. Well, she, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's cool or just a matter of necessity, but watching Will Ferrell and Common and Oprah come out for Stacey Abrams. They're targeting those voters who notoriously don't vote in the smaller elections. And so using those celebrity status, they're basically yeah. going after the inner city, yeah. African-American voters who have so much power to exercise if they just show up at the polls. All this cheating and sneaking and deleting that they're trying to do. Go vote. Understand that we are working against a big giant machine here. Right. They're saying that a million people were purged from voting. Right. Their registrations were purged, saying that they left the state or no longer lived at the addresses that they lived in, probably because they didn't vote. And, you know, I think they're trying to do that here because um, Dre didn't vote in the last election, but he um, got a card asking him to um, to confirm that he's still at this address. Even. Oh, I gotcha. Dre is Leonica's son, who's 22 Six. old. Holy shnikes. So that's interesting, too, because that's what they did. They they sent cards out. If people didn't get the cards and return it, then they deleted, they purged their registrations. There were, like, I think 700,000 people's who were purged, like it was almost a million people. And they went back and had some investigators go and take a look at it. And like over 300,000 still live in the same address at the same location where they originally registered. In Georgia? Oh yeah, this is in Georgia. They're getting sued for that. Matter of fact, um, Stacey's Abram, Abrams opponent is getting sued because he's the one who did it. Yeah, he, I know that's why exactly why I was asking if you were talking about an additional because yeah, you and I talked about- additional. Yeah, it's additional to the 53,000 that he had already shoved in a drawer and didn't include those registrations because they were- um, one character off or they had an extra space or something in their voter registration. Mm -hmm. To me, again, voter suppression, you add voter suppression on top of this conversation of why aren't we talking about extreme white supremacist terrorism for what it is. These conversations, why are we floating around this? Why are we not going at it? But then the you look at who the president, the, the elephant in the living room is the Cheeto in the White House. That is the <laughs> elephant in the room. You know? Actually, it's his followers and supporters that are the elephant. But I still see them. I still hear them. I talked to a lady, a friend of mine, who I think is a very brilliant mind. Like, I think she's a smart woman. I think um, that she does amazing things. She works with, works in the community in, in really good ways. She's a smart lady. But she can justify being friends with people who support him. Uh, and I just, again, how many times, I'm going to call this the wrap around my head, episode 13. I cannot wrap my head around how does that happen. I'm having a hard time connecting with people because I can only be superficial for so long. And then I have to go a layer deeper. And if I don't go a layer deeper, then we just stay in the superficial zone. And I just kind of glaze over when we talk sometimes. And I can only have so many of those relationships. I mean, you can't fill your world up with that. It's clutter. Yeah, you're right. 
How much of that do you want? Stacey Abrams. I dig her. I hope I hope she can make the machines do what she needs them to do. <laughs> she gotta get her daddy's rifle and make the machine work. <laughs> well and that's the thing. Stacey Abrams. Go girl. Andrew Gillum. Oh, so in high school, I dated a hockey player in high school. And he and all of the hockey players listened to Jimmy Buffett. And kind of okay. got me listening to Jimmy Buffett. And at the time, when I later on, I was like, is that country? No, it's Caribbean soul. All my friends from high school as adults still go to the Jimmy Buffett concerts. That's like their tradition. I'm not really close to a lot of people from high school because a lot of them come from very conservative types of attitudes. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Buffett. Right? Margaritaville song, right? Why don't we get drunk and screw? Yeah, right? Why don't we get drunk? Right, Cheeseburger Paradise, Jimmy Buffett. So, he's doing a fundraiser for Andrew Gillum in Florida. I was like, I was so happy about that because the fan base that Jimmy Buffett has, the people who mm-hmm. go to a Jimmy Buffett concert, the people mm-hmm. who love Jimmy Buffett and will like fly to the ends of the earth to see Jimmy Buffett are probably a lot of Trump people. I love it when people take a stand. I love it when people take a stand that may be uncomfortable, that may lose them money, that may gain them money, that... Mm-hmm. Uh, their decisions are filled with integrity. You got me, Jimmy. I was a little right. nervous about you, but thank you. Yes, Jimmy Buffett is hosting a Florida concert to support Gillum and Nelson. Jimmy Buffett lives in Palm Beach. He hosted a free concert days before the Florida Democratic primary after he endorsed uh, Gwen Graham, who went on to finish second to Gillum. So his got his gal didn't win, but he's still down with Gillum because he knows that we gotta think bigger picture. And then you heard that um, Hillary is, she said she would like to be president. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that means she's coming back. Man, I'm hoping Uncle Joe does. He was up in Lansing today. He talked about us being Americans before we are Democrats and Republicans. Absolutely. And all of this divisiveness has to stop. So I loved it. I even, I'm not even a big fan of having to claim a party. When we moved to Florida, we had to claim a party. I had never had to claim a party before. I only do that for the primaries. I like to say that I listen to what everybody has to say because I do. I try to at least pay attention to what all of them say. In Florida, you have to register. Yeah. I'm not red, blue, black, white. I am very gray. I'm voting for the person who I believe agrees with the issues that I agree with and who also who I think that I can maybe have some influence with, you know, not somebody that's high and mighty that's not going to 
listen to my concerns. I at least want to know that you have the same general values as I do. Vox article, did you want to talk about that? The Vox article, yeah, this is a good time to bring that up. So, yeah, because those values or the issues that they identified, it was very interesting, but it wasn't surprising. Okay, so let's set the stage a little bit. We have a fantastic listener, one of our five. Erin, thank you for listening. She sent us a infographic, an article from Vox um, that Leonica wrapped the last episode with. By the way, you are listening to I Don't Care If You Listen podcast with Shalini, myself, Leonica, that's her. In the house. And we are here uh, on episode 13, trying to keep this train moving and understand that this is an ebb and flow of emotions, an ebb and flow of facts, an ebb and flow of situations. But thanks, Erin, for this great article from Vox titled, The Biggest Political Problem in America, explained in one chart. Americans don't just disagree on the issues, they disagree on what the issues are. There is a Pew Research Center study of about 10,000 Americans a month here before the 2018 midterms. The survey found that when you break Americans out by political party, they often have totally different notions about what the biggest issues facing the country are. I'm just laughing because um, the first one, the way racial and ethnic minorities are treated by the criminal justice system, only 10%. Of Republicans feel that that's an issue. And 71% of Democrats think that that's an issue, which is a pretty big number. That is a huge gap. The next one they talk about is climate change. Only 11% of the registered Republican voters uh, thought that that was an issue versus the 72% of Democratic voters. And that's just as big of a gap. Gun violence, important issue to only Mm -hmm. 25% of Republican registered voters versus 81% of Democratic registered voters. And see, that's why I say the Republicans are all, they conflict, because they also say 47% said that violent crime is a very big problem. Now, how can violent crime be a very big problem, but gun violence is not as big? I'm trying to see what they do care about. Let's see. That's a good point. That's a good point. Drug addiction. Then the next one is the gap between the rich and the poor. Of course they don't care about that. That's the poor people's problem. They got their money. 22% of Republican registered voters said it was a main priority. And 77% of registered Democratic voters felt it was a priority. Racism. Mm -mm. These are... How many? This is a measurement of seriousness of the problems facing the U.S. Racism. 19% of registered Republican voters said that racism was an issue versus the 63% of registered Democratic voters. And remember, this is the Pew Research Center. So they polled 10,000 people. This is a huge sample size. 10,000 is is pretty representative of the country. Absolutely. 10,000 is a great big number. And they just did it recently, Um, just about a month before the 2018 midterms. So they just did this. Um, Okay, so next, the way immigrants who are in the country illegally are treated. 15%. Of Republicans versus 57% of Democrats. Sounds to me like the Republicans don't care about anybody but themselves. 
That's crazy. Uh, wages and the cost of living. Well, Republicans, they, they are very, they seem to be wealthy. So only 27% of them care about that and versus 67%. And a lot of people who claim to be Republicans, by the way, are not that wealthy. I go drive past plenty of trailer parks with Trump signs. That's true. But they're the ones who yeah, but, feel but, those the same way sure, about those issues. Sure, absolutely. For the most part, yes. The, 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 the fiscally conservative types. Oh my God, I didn't think anything could get lower than how they feel about immigrants being treated. Women. Okay. Sexism. (laughs) Only 12% of the Republicans care about sexism. Only 12% think it's a very big problem versus 50% of Democrats who think it's a very big problem. Uh, uh, uh. 56% of Republican vote, registered Republican voters thought that affordability of health care was a big issue versus versus the 83% of Democratic voters. That's because the gap between the wealthy and the middle class is closing and a lot of those Republicans who don't have that money can't afford health care. Okay. Job opportunities, only 8% of registered Republicans think that's a very big problem versus 33% of Democratic voters. The affordability of a college education, 40, uh, I'm sorry, 47% of registered Republican voters think that that's a big issue versus 71% of Democratic voters. That's huge. You and I have talked about the way the U.S. political system operates, the Electoral College. But according to this Pew Research Center survey of 10,000 Americans, only 49% of registered Republican voters think that that's a big issue versus 68% of registered Democratic voters. And that was one of their highest concerns though, right. for, for them. That was one of the things that they did. They're in, they're in the 50s, almost at 50%. Another one they mm-hmm. apparently really care about, which is mind-boggling right now. Yeah, they need to be slapped. Girl, I feel like I need theme music for this statistic alone. Do y'all want to know what we're talking about out here? I did try and <laughs> She was married. It's huge news, Sarah. I moved on her like a bitch. But I couldn't get there, and she was married. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him, grab him, grab him, grab him by the pussy. 62% of registered Republican voters that were surveyed in this study, 62% said that ethics in government is a hot topic, big issue for them, 80% of registered Democratic voters. I cannot believe that you can even call yourselves even remotely ethical. Talk about Mm -hmm. God and the Bible and do unto others. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him, grab him, grab him, grab him by the pussy. And then you're down with this dude. Oh my God, my mind is going to explode right here as we sit. It is literally boiling out of my ears. Can you see it? Can you see stuff coming out of my ears? That's crazy. All right. You're a little concerned about violent crime. 47% 47% versus 49%. So that's about equal between the Republicans and Democrats. Drug addiction, they're definitely affected by that. Um, oh, oh, the Republicans are more concerned about drug addictions than the Democrats. That's the only thing that they're pretty much more concerned about than the Democrats. Other than that, they're really not concerned about anything more yeah, than Democrats. Their kids are getting a hold of their opiates. Terrorism, 27% of 
Democrats versus 41% of Republicans. And illegal immigration, this is where it all, they're so scared of everybody coming for their shit. 75% of Republicans versus 19% of Democrats. That's their biggest concern. They're worried about immigration, terrorism, drugs. This is 10,000 people surveyed. This is from September 24th of this year. Yeah. Like to October 7th. So this is pretty current. And it's it's crazy. I didn't realize I was this far apart from the way you think my humans across the way. This just tells it right there. They, they're concerned with themselves. They aren't concerned with how other people are tr- getting treated. They're more concerned about people not coming into this country. They're more concerned about money and saving their kids, which anybody would be concerned about. Mm-hmm. But... But again, it's because it's their kids. It's not because they're drug addictions, because there have always been a drug addiction. It's because there's an increase in drug addictions in a particular population that's not a minority. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, I don't like that information. I hate that information. I wish the world were in a better place. But I appreciate Aaron sending it to us, and I appreciate Vox and Pew Research Center well, Pew, Pew for doing for it. Publishing it. For publishing yeah, it. It's very telling. So, to summarize this, the Republicans' top three are illegal immigration, drug addiction, and ethics in the government. Grab them by the pussy, grab them by the pussy, grab them, grab them, grab them, grab them by the pussy. The Democrats' top three are health care, gun violence, and ethics in the government. So ethics in the government is pretty much the only thing that they can agree on, kind of, sort of. Grab them by the pussy, grab them by the pussy, grab them, grab them, grab them, grab them by the pussy. Ethics in the government. 19% of the Democrats think that immigration is a problem, illegal immigration is a problem, versus 75% of Republicans. Right. So pretty much all of the Republicans think illegal immigration is an issue. Crazy. But they aren't concerned with the way immigrants who are in the country illegally are treated. Only 15%. Well, yeah, of course. If they don't they don't want them here. They don't want them here. They don't care how they're treated. Listen to um, Trevor Noah. That's so messed up. So I told you I'm, I'm trading in Bill Maher, if, unless he cleans up his act, but I'm probably going to trade him in. Have you been watching... For Trevor Noah, he's got an interesting vantage point on things. Check this out. Because of stand your ground laws, I don't know how anyone can enjoy Halloween in Florida. No, because the law is that someone can shoot you if you frighten them. That's the whole point of Halloween. You dress scary, you go to people's houses, and you rob them of candy. I feel like in Florida, it doesn't matter what you dress as, you're leaving as a ghost. That's what that means. Like, just to be on the safe side for Halloween, I just walk around with my hands up the whole time. That's all I do. Hands up. People are like, what are you supposed to be? A live mother... <laughs> this time, President Trump is in the news because, uh, yeah, he's just coming out with crazy shit all the time. Like, he doesn't need a special day to scare people. He does it every day. And, and his latest trick, his latest trick has everyone spooked. 
President Trump believes his signature is enough to stop what's known as birthright citizenship established in the 14th Amendment, which says all persons born or naturalized in the United States are citizens. They're saying I can do it just with an executive order. Now, how ridiculous. We're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has to end. Wow. So Trump, so Trump, Trump plans to single-handedly change the Constitution. That's like hearing that War and Peace is going to be edited by Guy Fieri. That's what that sounds like to me. Because basically Trump wants to make it so that if your parents aren't American and then you're born here, you won't automatically be American anymore. And honestly, part of me thinks that Trump is only doing this because he's hoping it'll kick his kids out. It's just like... He's just going to be out there like, sorry, Eric. So sorry, Eric. Your mom was an immigrant. You got to go, Eric. You got to go. So God, Dad, come on. That's not fair, Dad. That's not fair. How come Ivanka gets to stay? There's a hotness exception. I didn't write the law, but you totally did. Take him away, boys. Take him back to Mexico. Now, obviously, obviously, let's be real, folks. Uh, you don't need to be a genius to realize that Trump's not talking about babies that come from Norwegian JJs. No, he wants to wipe out the Constitution so that he can whiten America. That's what he's planning to do here. Unfortunately, though, for him, unfortunately for him, there are some people who read who disagree with him. Of course, he can't do that. The reason? The Constitution. It's very clear that an executive order or executive action cannot do it by itself. I'm also a constitutional law professor, and by no means could the president unilaterally amend the Constitution. Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan said the president cannot change current law by himself. Well, you obviously cannot do that. Uh, You cannot end birthright citizenship with an executive order. Wow. Paul Ryan finally standing up to Donald Trump? Wow. Wow. I guess, I guess for Halloween, he's going as someone with balls. Look at that. Damn, Paul Ryan. Damn. So look, as spooky as this Donald Trump news is, like most things on Halloween, it's scary when it first pops out at you, but on closer inspection, it's some bullshit. And that is why Trevor Noah may be my new... Sanity check on TV, I think. Sounds good to me. I haven't been paying attention to him, but I started the DVR yesterday. I think we got a lot of stuff, but I did want to end on one thing, because the next time you and I talk, an election will have happened. Oh, my God. Come on, people. Man up. Wub it up. Get your polls. All five of you, please go vote. Ten, maybe, because I'm positive. We'll kick somebody. There you go. Buddy system. Legit. Um, I want you to hear, we listened to this nice young lady a few weeks back after the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation. She wrote a song called A Scary Time. Her name is Lindsay Lab. She's a dance teacher at Texas State University. She uploaded this video of herself singing a song on YouTube on October 7th, one day after Kavanaugh's confirmation was announced. But anyways, as soon as we played it, I heard a little sound in my head that was different and basically the message is go vote please go vote please go vote 
I know people don't always agree with us, but voting is like, I don't know if we can quantify it, qualify it, what we can do to tell you how much this means to us. Please take it as a personal favor. Take it as me saying to you, I need you to give me blood because I'm dying. That is my way of saying to you, please go vote. <laughs> please. Seriously. Like, please. So I'm taking this um, beat class and I... Um, it's a music production beat class, and I put together a little something for her song. The whole Gosh, go ahead. Well, and women, sisters, this is a time for us. As women, we have such a, like, a real obligation for ourselves and future generations to like handle this. That's right. Turn that curve. Lindsay Lab sang the song. She wrote it. It's called A Scary Time, and I put a little sauce on it. Hi, I wrote a song, and it goes like this. I can't walk to my car late at night while on the phone. I can't open up my windows when I'm home alone. I can't go to the bar without a chaperone. I can't wear a mini skirt if it's the only one I own. I can't use public transportation after 7 p.m. I can't be brutally honest when you slide into my DMs. I can't go to the club. Episode 13. Lucky 13. Go vote.